Hello and welcome to Critical Line Item. My name is Tom Rablick. Thank you for joining me for this particular podcast. And uh, it's been almost 12 months since I spoke to uh, Warren Mundine, uh, who's been everywhere and done everything in Indigenous Affairs over a great many decades. Um, we spoke last when the George Floyd uh, killing occurred in the US and uh, we spent a fair bit of time dissecting things from a, the perspective of the, that global event and how it impacted Australia. So 12 months on, there's been a fair bit going on domestically with Indigenous affairs. So I wanted to touch on that with him, along with perhaps some more contemporary uh, issues that have unfolded in recent times. Warren, thanks for joining me. Oh, my pleasure, Tom. Uh, the, where are we at at the moment with the voice um, to Parliament. There's a vibrant debate, there's a consultation process, but where are we at at the moment? How do you see the process unfolding right now? Well, we had the, had the, uh, the recommendations and that, that come back from the, from the committee. Uh, at, the, at the moment, there, there is a, a big uh, in, uh, looking at, okay, what the structure is going to be Look like what it's going to what it, what is you know the meat on the bones so to speak about it. Uh, the government, of course, wants it to do by legislation at this stage and uh, and see how that works out before they will consider a uh, a, uh, a constitutional amendment. Uh, I, I notice uh, uh, the voice to Parliament people are out there campaigning. I've got to say they're really out there campaigning very heavily. I've been to uh, two, three, actually, three functions in the last 10 days in regard to the voice to Parliament, listening to uh, uh, Tom Calmer and Marcia Langton and also uh, 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 also um, you know the voice of the North, uh, if I can call him that. Uh, is that so? It's been a massive campaign in regard to what uh, what they want, and there's two sort of lines. One is yes, we want it to be a constitutional change now, really, uh, and the other one, of course, is just that okay, we'll accept looking at a, a legislation approach first, but we but we do want it to be a, a constitutional change eventually, and that is the. And that's and, and and then the discussions that are going around in regard to what the structure actually looks like. Well, what is your and uh, um, maybe let me ask the question differently. Um, what would you see as being in the uh, components of an effective voice to Parliament? Irrespective of how it's structured, what are the things it must contain? Well, the obvious thing, of course, what it must, if you're going to have such a thing, is is it, it's uh, it has to have a very good research and advisory group working with it uh, that that can go through the uh, the legislation or the policy or the uh, the uh, regulations and that, that are coming through from governments and. And, and also uh, funding for, uh, for for the budgetary runs and so on. So all that. So, so that's uh, it's not a small amount of work, to be honest. You, you, you know, we've got an entire uh, 
uh, Department of Parliamentary Services that deal with that issues just for the politicians. So it's um, it's it's got to have all that. It's got to have some very good shrewd advice as well as having to deal with the politics of that because you you, you have a look at the Senate, the Senate, uh, no government, as uh, fact only one government in, in my living memory has had the, the control of the Senate and that was that was the Howard government uh, between 2004 and 2007. Uh, so the crossbenchers, how do they work with the crossbenchers, how do they work with uh, the, uh, the opposition as well as the, the government of the day? So that's going to be a lot, a lot of work, uh, and so. But it has to be, uh, it has to be. This is this is the tricky bit. It has to be. How do we, How does it become uh, a true voice for the, the Aboriginals out there in in the community, as well as across why across Australia? If we take that point you've just made, a uh, true voice. Um, uh, there are many different, um, what we call the Indigenous community known as the First Nations, right? There are many different groups across the entire country. How do you achieve adequate representation um, at a national level? Well, that, that's a tricky question. Uh, for, for me, that's why I ask it. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Uh, my, my, my thing is that, uh, and I'm very much, uh, if, you, if you're talking about a very strong Indigenous uh, cultural approach, then, then it has to involve uh, the, uh, the custodians of the land. And now, through the native title process, that has been in the, the land rights process of the Northern Territory, that has become a very strong. Uh, a, a voice and a very strong uh, bringing together of people under their under their under their First Nation uh, flag. So you know, for myself, you're talking about the Bunjalan people. You're talking about other. So, so my my thoughts are that if if you are dealing with uh, a number of uh, cultural uh, issues, and you're dealing with uh, land management and stuff like sea management and stuff like that, then you have to have a process. In place for those voices from those uh, from those first nations to actually be able to uh, 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 to 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 have influence on uh, on the on the parliament, and so that's going to be that's going to be a challenge because, as we all know, <laughs> there is several hundred, at least several hundred, you know, four hundred to five hundred different uh, first nations around the country, uh, so. How does that? You know, you're not going to have a, a national body made up of 500 people because that's that's bigger than the, the federal parliament. So, so it's about how how do they filter those that process through? Now, I don't underestimate the challenge for the people who are doing this job, and I and I, I congratulate them for uh, for putting their hands up to do this job. But it's it's going to be a, a, a massive job, and we've got to accept at the end of the day, it's not going to be finite. It's not going to be the most perfect system, uh, but it is going to attempt to do that. And then from then from that, over the next few years after that, how do we then uh, work out 
the nuts and bolts about what's working and what's not working and then fix the type of thing. And that's why I think uh, the government's, and this is my thoughts only, uh, why the government's going down the line of a, a legislative approach first off uh, so they can work through a lot of those nuts and bolts and and, and, and issues and, and problems and, and also things that work uh, before they'll, they'll address the constitutional amendment. Uh, because once you go down a constitutional amendment, it's almost near impossible to change it after that. One of the things that we have uh, on a frequent basis, Warren, is the sort of the, the closing the gap report and then similar kinds of reports that pop up um, on an annual basis about the the state of welfare in Indigenous communities. Should those reports, should the custody of those reports and the the, the research that's done um, on those issues be transferred to a voice to parliament rather than be done by the relevant departments that they are where they sit now? Uh, there will be, um, it's a two-prone process. Each of the departments and the agencies of the, of the government, whether it be state or federal, uh, need to assess themselves in, in regard to this process. But you're right, the, uh, the current, uh, you know, the Productivity Commission thing uh, report to Parliament uh, to give it real teeth, and this is what the voice of the Parliament is, uh, at the moment it's, it's given to Parliament and then it just sort of sits there. And, and it's really then up to the government of the day to do something about it. Uh, yeah. Through the voice of Parliament, that gives it a bit more meat because they're able then to raise this uh, more strongly because they're talking straight to Parliament yeah. and they're able to... to uh, but, uh, so I say, I say that, um, you know, you're right, uh, things like the Productivity Commission, and that should be uh, those uh, type of things should be uh, the remit of of the uh, voice to Parliament. Now, there's many ways they can do that. They can actually do it themselves, or or they can uh, commission the Productivity Commission to do that, or and use the agencies that are there uh, to be able to to kind of work into them, or they or they set up their own process. Well, there's, so, a, there's a critical the, the critical. Uh, reason for uh, the question that we probably could explore a bit more, and that is um, this is about, uh, to some degree, uh, ownership of outcomes for Indigenous communities across the country. So giving an organisation like The Voice, as it sits, the... Um, the, uh, the custody of the topic, Warren, uh, means that there's, there's ownership and also the ability to progress and push forward. Is there not? There is the opportunity to do that. Whether that's done or whether that's structured that way, I don't know. And that's going to be one of the, the big debates about what, what's happening. I'm, I'm, of the, I'm of the view and of a very strong view that there has to be ownership and there has to be responsibilities yeah. uh, within the uh, Indigenous organisations and the Indigenous communities. Uh, they can't be just passive uh, uh, observers or pass, passive people within that whole process. They have to have a, 
a very uh, they have to be have ownership and responsibilities and that within that process. And in part of in part of them having those ownership and responsibilities uh, means that they're able to be a, a, a stronger uh, a voice and a stronger partner within this process and not being a passive partner. This is not going to, uh, establishing the voice isn't going to um, remove some of the other problems, is it, that we see? I mean, we've recently had further uh, further examples of black deaths in custody. And I know we spoke about this the last time you and I uh, spoke the middle of last year. Um What's your take on the situation as it currently stands? Because it remains a great concern from all the media coverage that I've read. Yeah, well, it is a great concern. But uh, but this is one of the problems. If we just focus on the voice of the parliament just being with the federal government, then, then I think that will be a, a failing in the process. Yes, uh, if you look at uh, Black Kefs in custody in that, these are fundamentally state and territory government issues. Uh, so it's about how do we get uh, the focus a lot more back onto state and territory governments, not only in the black deaths and custody issues, you know, crime and justice and that, uh, and the law, but also in the area of education, because education, except for the university sector, which uh, is, which is, it's a funny sort of system in that it's it's set up by the states, but the actual federal government funded and run it. Uh, so, so, but the school system they're run by states, and and we need to and need to have a lot more focus back on the states in regard to uh, the education outcomes and achievements of Indigenous people, and and, the, and we need to. Uh, put pressure on those states. And there's health is the other one too. Governments, federal government, as we found in the pandemic, has very little power in regard to the health sector. It's, it is a state concern. So we, so the voice has got to play that two role, two roles of actually uh, uh, working and uh, and putting the indigenous voice to the federal parliament, which is what it will be doing, whether it's legislative and whether it's a constitutional amendment, but it also should be have the ability to be raising those issues with state governments in that uh, they're, uh, you know, because they're in charge of health, crime, uh, imprisonment, incarcerations, policing and the law in these areas. And uh, and so we need to make sure that that, that they're, they're being held accountable because at the moment it, that they seem to be getting away with it uh, because they just say, oh, well, there was a Royal Commission into Black Deaths in Custody, and that's the federal government area. Yes, the federal government funded it and, and, and set up a mechanism for it, but the actual implementation is, is in the control of the state and territory governments. Um, do you think it's time, and, and, and I approach this question with some degree of caution because we seem to have um, a Royal Commission every time something goes wrong um, uh, today. I mean, it, it seems to be the go-to solution for for different things. But is it time for us to contemplate another Royal Commission that looks at um, not just black debts in custody, but also the issues related to child abuse, 
uh, and and other things that you and others have spoken about for a long time, Cinderprice and 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 that uh, the cohort of uh, Indigenous commentators that have continued to raise the the, the issues out there. Is another Royal Commission something worth entertaining to 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 bring back a holistic focus, or do we wait or do we wait for a voice to come into play? Yeah, <clears throat> kind of verbally here, but my understanding is that you, you'll, you'll probably like me in, in regard to some of these royal commissions. It seems to be the go-to thing, you know. When you look at the, uh, the royal commission that went in the Bondale uh, Juvenile Detention Centre, uh, you, you sort of wonder what was the result of that. And if people remember, I was very scathing of... Uh, and, and with my discussions with the Prime Minister at the time, Malcolm Turnbull, uh, that it was a waste of time. All they, they were going to do was spend, you know, $50 million worth of money and look at the outcome. Well, the outcome now is, and we've just seen this recently in the media and across uh, some uh, coronary reports in the in the Northern Territory uh, in Western Australia, that in the Northern Territory, that the rural, it's just got worse. Crime has got worse, uh, in, uh, people, uh, incarceration, everything's got worse. So you sort of say, well, what was, it? what was the point of that? My thing is is we've got the Royal Commission uh, in the Black custody. There are still a lot of that uh, recommendations and a lot of good material that come out of that it hasn't been implemented and in states and territories need to get their act together on that. They're, they're, we've now got... Uh, what, uh, the Dondale uh, Royal Commission, we've got inquiry after inquiry. I did the head of the inquiry and, uh, on the panel on uh, uh, reoffending in South Australia and the adult prison systems. Uh, we've got the, uh, as I see, black deaths in custody and child abuse and other, and other issues within the Indigenous community as a wider justice process uh, and law and order process, and as well as uh, overcoming so many social and economic ills within the Indigenous communities. And so, so I saw that, see that as one package. And, 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 and so uh, there's a whole heap of reports. You know, you go back to the Bonnie Robinson report back in around 2000 on, on Queensland's uh, 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 crime within, within Queensland's uh, 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 Aboriginal communities. And you, and you go on and on, saving the children. And the children are sacred. Report you see, uh, you see uh, you know, the reports in New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland, West. They just go. Why can't we have some and some group of people actually just sit down and go through all those stuff bit by bit and, and actually have those conversations with the state and territory governments? Because this is a math, this is straightforward a state and territory issue about how they deal with this incarceration, this uh, this crime. Uh, and this justice system. Do you see the voice to parliament being able to play a productive role in that? Well, I hope so because uh, I do see it, but, but I also hope so, that uh, that they uh, that they actually work, uh, you know, get their view across to the, the federal parliament. And I do insist that they should be looking at the state and territory governments as well because uh, they're the ones in charge of most of this area. Uh, on a day-to-day basis, about how okay, let's have some, let's go through all these recommendations because surely there's thousands of them out there, and and uh, and there should be a, a, you know a thousand good ideas there, 
that should be able to deal with this stuff. But implementation is the most important part. All I find at the moment is, and this is what frustrates me, is that we've got all this, this knowledge, this collective knowledge that has been put together, and there's some really good, really good stuff there from so many different uh, people, from the community level right up to the academics and the researchers and the, and the politicians and that, uh, and yet we, we seem to have this problem that we just can't, we just can't get our act together. It's not just in, in, in the Indigenous space that, that people can't seem to get their act together uh, uh, as well, true. Warren. Um, what have you made of the past month as an observer of politics in this country where the issues of the conduct of politicians and their staffers is concerned? I think I could put it in, in one word. I am gobsmacked, quite frankly. Uh, sitting there and looking at the, uh, the the latest one in regard to the staffers, I, 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 I'm speechless. I just I cannot believe that people act in this way. Look, I know, I know you, you, uh, you know, uh, power is a very powerful thing and power can corrupt people even whether it's morally or otherwise. I, I I just can't believe how we have got to this situation where people behave in such, quite frankly, a criminal as well as an immoral way is uh, is just shocking. Now to be to be uh, to be not uh, to be Give it's not everyone to be fair to, to, to all politicians and staffers and at, at all levels of government. Uh, there are great people in there, and there are great people who are doing really good, decent jobs. We may disagree politically on some of their policies and stuff, but they're fair dinkum. They want to make uh, you know Australia a better place, and they work hard that way. But how has this uh, infection, this disease, has infiltrated into our parliamentary system uh, uh, is incredible. We've got to really lance this, this, this infection, this soot, this boil that's appeared on our, because it is, it has the biggest threat to our democratic system as a whole. Because if you imagine how criminals and, and, and uh, the People, uh, other countries in the world who are not necessarily our friends can actually blackmail and use this information to, to uh, corrupt our political uh, system. Uh, I, look, the Prime Minister and the government uh, have to get on top of this uh, and, and get on top of it very quickly and get in front of it uh, and, 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 and deal with this issue uh, very quickly because it is it is it's doing two things. Not only is it opening up our system of democracy, which I believe is the best system in the world, uh, is uh, to corruption, to abuse, uh, and then uh, and then you've got the other thing about the trust of of our system of governance. Uh, you know, the, how can the the, the, the bloke on the street? the mums and dads and everyone else out there actually believe and trust in our system of government when we've got this sort of incredible uh, 
um, behavior happening, and 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 also uh, and and through the and then you've got to, of course, central to that is the people who are the victims of this whole process. So, so look, uh, look uh, it, it it has to take strong moral and political strength that the prime minister and the government has to get on top of this and get on top of this as of yesterday and, and deal with this issue and, and clean out, um, dare I say it, the swamp. <laughs> yeah, look, it, it, it's been interesting observing what's gone on from outside um, uh, because it... Um, um, it, it 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 creates a great deal of concern, and it's disconcerting to people to watch the coverage and to 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 see what is an abuse of privilege. Uh, I'm mindful of the time, Warren, and I'm grateful you've uh, you've made the, an, an effort to be with me this morning. Uh, what I mean, what is it that we in society need to do? when we see this sort of conduct happening, because to some degree there's a, um, if we accept that the parliament reflects society as a whole, um, uh, what are the, what are two of the three, two or three things that you reckon we ought to be, ought to be doing to, to keep things under control? We've, we've got to, it's got to reflect not only the society of, uh, you know, that, that is governing, it's got, it's got to be uh, responsible to, 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 to that society as well. Uh, so, so the responsibility is that they, they've got to uh, act in the best interest of the Australian society and, and, and work in the best interest of that. Now, of course, politically, oh, there are different views about how that should be done on a day-to-day basis. You know, you've got the Labor Party, the, the Coalition, the Greens and the crossbenchers and that, and they were elected there by the people and that. So, so that's not the problem. I don't, that's not the problem. That's just democracy. The problem is, is how people are working through these processes and how they, they see their privilege of power. And that's the problem. I just can't believe I am absolutely gobsmacked, as I said at the beginning, that someone... You know, and it is at this stage, there's only a handful of people, thank God for that. And I hope it just stays at that and we're able to weed them out. And God's smack in regard to the behavior that that is not the standard behavior that the people of Australia deserve. Um, and people of Australia are paying for that behavior at the moment, aren't they? They are in more ways than one monetary, of course. And, and and politically, of course, and uh, and, and it just and and it, I, I when, when I uh, saw those visions, thank God they were blocked out of it. I, I just couldn't believe it. What sort of sick person actually does that stuff? I'm just look. I know in the wider community of 25, 26 billion people, you're going to have some one or two people or some people who. Who misbehave and stuff like that, but this is this is our parliament. This is about our democratic system. This is about the behaviour of the people who are supposed to represent us. Not only the elected politicians, but the public service and those staffers within those uh, within those uh, uh, 
politicians' office and, and within those agencies. It is just unbelievable they do this. And, and this is why, you know, I, my advice to the Prime Minister and also to the Leader of the Opposition, I might add, is that they've got to get on top of this and they've got to, and they've got to actually deal with it in a, a very constructive and a, and a tough way because we're just going to have this continually. Warren Mundine, look, it'd been great catching up with you again. Oh, by the way, you, you, your books are still on sale, aren't they? The yep, they're still the on biography sale. Biography and the other one, the collection of collection my of thoughts, my little red book, I should call it, or my little black book. <laughs> yeah, so you've got your you've got the biography, which is out on Panther yeah. Press, and then you've got the yeah, so. collection of speeches and other things that people can look up um, online on Booktopia. Yeah, so the, the you know the Warren Mundine speaks his mind, which is the one in my thoughts about you know that Australia and how we should be moving forward as a nation, and, and yeah, uh, which which you played a bit of a role in. I thank you for that, and also the uh, the uh, uh, my um, Warren Mundine in black and white, which is is about my biography where I'm talking about Australia, but I'm using my family and myself as a vehicle. Yeah, the uh, and then anybody can jump online, go to Booktopia, go to the publisher websites, get a copy of the book. Warren, thanks again for joining me and, and look forward to talking to you again soon. I'll talk to you too soon, uh, Tom. Nice, nice to have a nice quiet chat with you. <laughs> no worries. <laughs>